Yeah, uh, that's the aim to reinforce the connections and then to build a, a vision uh, in the meantime, so that when the crisis slows down or disappears, although I don't believe in that, like we have a clear path to follow where what do we want, where do we want to go. Hi, I'm Diana Filimon, and you're listening to Fund Action Talks, a podcast about sharing stories of activists around Europe. First of all, we wanted to have this podcast as an opportunity to talk, but in general to promote what people in Fund Action are doing this period, because it's very interesting even to see how we are surviving or how we are adapting to this period, what solutions do we find or what problems do we find and to share them with the, the rest of us. So I would first like to tell me, for you to tell me a few things about, about yourselves and about the NGO or the project behind you, which you are representing and uh, how come, <laughs> how come you ended here in, uh, in Fund Action? So Vladimir, would you start? So hello everyone. My name is Vladimir Us. Myself, I'm an artist and curator based in Chisinau in Moldova, active under the umbrella of Oberlicht Association mainly. I'm also teaching. Fund Action somehow uh, came into my way due to different collaborations that we had with partners on European level that uh, many of them were intermediated also by European Cultural Foundation. So in a way, we ended up joining this platform and uh, joining the effort to produce a change on wider European level. How about you, Alexander? I'm at the moment a multi-head person and uh, I will be now probably speaking about Solidarity Fund of Cultural Workers, which is just newly established entity, but I was part in uh, establishing it. And I've got this uh, small but important grant from Fund Action, but I'm very active in Magazine Cultural Center that was two years ago, three almost years ago, funded by uh, the big renovation process was funded. It's a very successful process uh, and it showed uh, how Fund Action is efficient in a tricky situation because uh, your cultural center and space uh, that doesn't have legal contract with owner, which is the city, and uh, very prosperous cultural, cultural center and very functional, but we were never able to fundraise other way because we don't have a contract for various reasons. And then uh, that's when I came to the contract with Fundex. Uh, and it was at that moment very, very uh, events, very positive. And then I was lingering around till this situation that uh, we needed to fundraise for we try to um, put together people who work in similar areas or push things in similar areas. So the two of you are now working um, and have applied for the Resist Fund because you are trying to help people from the cultural department in various ways, like supporting them financially, basically, and helping them survive. And I think that culture was, especially in Eastern Europe, probably the most hit from um, who took the biggest hit. Because we have a hard time understanding how important culture is and why the government should support this, this area more than it did before. And I think it was very problematic to adapt for artists all over and for cultural actors all over Eastern Europe, especially. Tell us, how did the pandemic make itself felt in your projects? What were the first effects? Unemployment, lack of power of paying the bills or, um, I don't know, the rent. 
when did you feel the first blow, let's say, from the pandemic? Who, who wants it? It's free. Uh, because there was a very long debate in the beginning of this uh, whole story because uh, we were very uh, much self-reflective in a way to understand are we really uh, in a problem? Or I mean, the, the problem is so global and when the problem is so wide, are we the uh, really ones that are anyhow important to be mentioned to the story about the people? That, because, uh, I mean, artists and cultural workers are very heterogenic group. It's not like your mine workers and mine closed down and then there's 10,000 of us all the same, all equally unemployed and all equally, I mean, there are rich uh, artists, I mean, not many, but they exist. I mean, also very, very poor. And also those that are poor, they're sometimes all the time poor. I mean, they're, no matter what the situation of the economy, they're just too bohemian, too whatever belong in some other world and then they don't cope with, with any kind of economical system and then they're always poor. So then our first reasoning was uh, totally uh, opposite of what we end up doing with that. Let's uh, do nothing and let's wait for to see which, where this is going and let's uh, try not to stick out when everything else is uh, falling apart. But then that was very short. And then we, uh, we realized that we need to organize that uh, things are getting worse and worse and that uh, culture is needed uh, at the moment uh, very much because a lot of, uh, a lot of cultural activities could be transferred to online platforms. And then uh, this is something that people need in these times. And, uh, and yeah, that's where we started to, to, to work on this solidarity fund. So yeah, in a way, I mean, of course, it's always important to mention that there are categories of people that are probably in much more situation now, but it doesn't mean that uh, we are fine. And also artists and cultural workers, then when they are poor, they are really, really poor and they are especially fucked up in this situation. So, so yes. The, the Solidarity Fund uh, you were mentioning is supporting our artists and cultural workers who are barely making it financially yes. speaking during this period. Yes. So yes. That, that's the cause. And you are gathering uh, funds from several sources, right? Yes. yes. And uh, we were especially uh, provoked with the way how local governments deal with, uh, with help to, to artists and cultural workers. First, they totally missed to understand the categories and then they in the end, ended up helping only some categories that by some variation, categorization, they uh, recognize as, as artists and everything else is, is not important. And they don't think that they are mean or evil. They just didn't bother to understand that categorization that is... 50 or 70 years old, it's not applicable. And then a lot of people were left behind. And also, even though that were helped, were, there was a lot of uh, back and forth uh, negotiation and promises on, uh, because we were at the moment uh, in the, in the lecture, election campaign and uh, every politician used this situation to promise something and then some other to say, no, I don't know what they're talking about, and then to promise again. And it was very, if it, if it is designed to be help, it was very unfair to, to treat people like that. Yeah, sounds familiar. <laughs> it's a regional problem, at least. How, how is in Kishinev, Vladimir? So, pandemics affected uh, differently my life and then the activity. So, I could actually feel a big relief from this constant pressure that you have to do 
all the time something unexpected holiday let's say even if it's um, isolation and so on difficult conditions for most of us but uh, and of course not everyone can afford a holiday let's say but in my case i could and uh, it was it was important for me just to start uh, thinking of my personal life and uh, and the time and priorities beyond the activities which we are constantly involved with and that take most of our time usually and uh, we are not left with even time for reflecting uh, in the end of the day about what, what about uh, yourself like what how was your day you? <laughs> yeah uh, on the other hand if we speak of the activities of the Oberlicht Association and other NGOs uh, most of them had to stop uh, right like in the middle of March we already had to to spend all our activities due to two reasons one which was linked to restrictions uh, imposed and the other there was no funding in the in that time we somehow didn't succeed to get any funding this year like for first half of the year we were without any money and uh, it was um, creating new new issues uh, in terms of paying the rent and the um, services and so on so we had to to search for additional funds abroad that was one push like we have very small funds in moldova but somehow it didn't work this year for us this pandemic in fact was also can i could say was productive like on one hand we had to stop the activities in terms of working with our audience organizing events and so on but on the other hand we pandemic made us think of like see it as an opportunity to develop advocacy dimension so which doesn't require working with publics but rather to think how to self-organize in a better way in a, in a way in which we can achieve some changes in the for independent cultural organizations and the artists and cultural workers i mean the idea of coalition of independent culture was in the air since probably 2012 or 13 uh, when we kind of we we would uh, question the situation of funding the lack of spaces for independent culture initiatives and the the yeah the lack of provisions basically the state wouldn't um, wouldn't perceive uh, independent cultural organization as a partner it needs uh, policies strategies and so on so somehow the idea itself was floating in the air a long time ago but it was only now somehow that this pandemic brought people together uh, in an online rather mode but uh, somehow constructive way and uh, made us uh, sort of advance with this uh, coalition and the idea of establishing a platform which would advocate on behalf of independent cultural organizations artists and cultural workers there was one more uh, one more situation that uh, somehow it coincided that we had the first risk of being evicted from one of our, our main spaces it's a space we rent from ethnography museum and we had some inspections by the ministry of culture and uh, because of the precarious conditions there they would question if this space should work at all like Basically, we it, like we say in romanian a trouble never comes alone or something <laughs> Yeah, but it was like uh, not stupid, but uh, paradoxical because the Ministry of Culture itself is responsible for, for conditions in which museums are working, 
and the, like from which we rent a space. But on the other hand, they also question this kind of situation. So it was strange. And the, this kind of science we also received in previous years. This was one of the reasons why we also got interested in um, magazine in, in Belgrade. And we visited you guys last year. It was, I think, in April or May sometime. And it was also very helpful to see how a similar initiative is operating, both in terms of space, but also in terms of an umbrella NGO, which fights for the for better conditions for independent cultural scene. The pandemics, I should say, kind of put things together in one piece. And then and now we have a small but sort of ambitious like on this level coalition. Uh, and we would like to make further steps to establish it by the end of this year. Fund Action is a participatory grant-making fund for social transformation organized within a community of over 250 activists based in Europe. We act together in a democratic and participatory way to support our social movements and initiatives working towards a just and equitable world. Through this series of podcasts, we will engage with our members and grantees about their experiences and practices towards systemic change. Enjoy their insights and be inspired. How do you, how do both of you see, I don't know, the cultural sector in like six or eight months, let's say, what, what will change? Do you think it will suffer um, some big changes that will stay or this is just temporary adapting to the situation and hopefully in one year everything will return to normal? We don't have normal. I mean, we never had in my life, so... Uh... <laughs> Uh, it's constant transition and some kind of chaos that is sometimes creative and useful and sometimes disasterful. I don't know, we're trying to, one entity that I'm also involved in and that started uh, with other partners, this whole Solidarity Fund, is one of these umbrella organizations that Vladimir was uh, mentioning, and it's here kind of trying to steer this kind of independent uh, scene and but also the term of being independent is quite uh, bizarre because I mean then plus that you're somehow totally independent and just that you are not institutional like you're not uh, established by government directly. But anyhow, yes, uh, we are constantly working on it to try to understand this what you asked, but uh, and constantly trying to establish some kind of structural grants. Uh, but uh, it's so much chaos, really, you feel this as uh, special times. I mean, it's somehow normal that we have usually have several years of some kind of fictional prosperity, and then we have several years of some kind of, uh, let's say, downfall. And then it goes up and down, and I don't know, maybe uh, we manage somehow in time to reach uh, some kind of stability, long term planning, uh, etc. Or we will just learn to enjoy things. This enjoy is a big uh, challenge. <laughs> yes, this is a big challenge. I mean, of course, because now it's yeah, people are dying, and etc. Hospitals are full, uh, medic, I mean, whole system, healthcare system is collapsing, so it is bit more than uh, usual. But for example, also culture was here very active during the 90s and way more active than later. Culture like to have some cause to act, some kind of tangible problem to address. 
looks like, I don't know, for good or for bad, it looks like that these times are one way or another coming back here. Just this week, we had very big and violent uh, protests. It was first violent protests after more than 10 years. I don't know, it's very debatable, is it good or bad, but, uh, and also it's a very, very mixed uh, crowd from far left to far right. And uh, it's not good, it's just uh, the, the indicator how it's starting to be again very unstable, as if it was not already unstable by now. But yes, we'll see. I, I have no idea, really. Uh, I can see any kind of uh, post-apocalyptic scenario coming to light. Uh, I One thing that I cannot imagine is that we uh, uh, go back to some kind of normal something, mm-hmm. but just because we never had it. Yeah, normal is overrated. <laughs> yes. Uh, Vladimir, do you think, you were saying about this coalition, do you think at least we will remain with a, a bigger or a higher level of solidarity after this crisis? Or is it temporary? Or how, how do we keep some good things out of this? Yeah, uh, that's the aim, to reinforce the connections and then to build a, a vision uh, in the meantime, so that when the crisis slows down or disappears, although I don't believe in that, like we have a clear path to follow where what do we want where do we want to go the other thing is that the independent artists like artists themselves and uh, some uh, are affected very much so i don't know how will we, whether we will end up with them in half a year or without them that's uh, more a question like if they don't have to change profile and go to get some jobs, basically, and uh, forget about activity in the art field. And that's the one of the challenges. And um, on the other hand, I also think that uh, culture and arts will have to focus more on uh, social issues. And that's also maybe a positive uh, thing in terms of like, you see probably less concerts now, like, you know, this mass uh, parades and so on and uh, that's maybe an indicator that culture could be useful somewhere else not just uh, entertaining so the role of entertaining will be maybe less present in the future and it means uh, more energy could go somewhere else and uh, to, to some social issue yeah probably this pandemic affects mainly the industries in that sense like those who run spaces and run you know this kind of events basically and so those will be affected mainly and they will have to rethink what they do after in half a year for example while for us it's really an opportunity to think how to redirect our energy in a constructive way to to deal with more pertinent issues and to and to build more solidarity in the artistic circle itself which lacks in fact solidarity and was lacking and now um, also because of scarce of resources because of lack of um, basically a competition uh, for funds this competition, but on the other hand, uh, the logic, how do we function as uh, uh, cultural organizations and relate to each other. So this coalition is actually is a, is a more like a place to, to also to speak about what kind of values do we have in common, what uh, sort of relations do we want to deal with each other, uh, what kind of organizational model we want to have. Mm-hmm. So all these basically basic questions which create the allow to put a structure and to start uh, like a new i don't know chapter let's say in our local uh, cultural 
history. Hopefully a good one, a good, uh, good chapter. As, um, as a closing question, I would like to ask you about systemic change, which sounds so uh, elaborated or intellectual, but now could be a moment to push systemic change in our field. Do you think this could be the beginning of a systemic change or not? Or is just business as regular? Or And what would you, towards what are you striving in this direction of systemic change with your NGOs, with your initiatives, with your coalitions, with whatever? Oh, systemic <laughs> change, yes. Um, no, I, I wasn't sleeping. I was uh, deep in the, uh, well, I mean, I was deep in thoughts how to, uh, how to tackle that question. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's... Uh, it's <laughs> How to say? It sounds to me like the systemic change is, is a fancy new word for either doing nothing or being uh, or, or to cover up any kind of uh, revolutionary uh, thinking and ideas that are too too edgy to be openly uh, called revolutions. <laughs> to be openly negotiated and then. Uh, I don't see really some kind of systematic system change in, in this, uh, let's say, capitalistic reality. Uh, will it? I mean, I also could, of course, cannot go to 1918 uh, and uh, whatever the Russian Revolution. It's not. Uh, we are not. Uh, we are already one century after that. It's not the same situation. We cannot sell the same ideas, but. That type of despair and, and uh, feeling of, that we don't have any other option is somehow still uh, present. And I think that idea of some kind of well-organized, well-regulated, uh, happy capitalism with the human face, I don't uh, see that people are buying that story anymore. Because uh, when we were, for example, getting rid of Milosevic, uh, almost uh, 20 years ago now in Serbia, the, the, the whole anti-Milosevic story came on that uh, tide of believing in some kind of uh, happy, very, very well regulated open uh, market uh, society that is, uh, that is that thing that is making Europe happy uh, society. But... Uh, People are not believing that anymore, and I'm not sure how even in the center of Europe people are believing that. What is the alternative? I don't know. Is it uh, uh, something that is openly, totally anti-systematic, anti-capitalistic, or there is some either way, or there is some science fiction, techno utopia, whatever that is not even mentioned or thought? Maybe. So I. I uh, Which was not uh, something. Something needs to be done, and you. Usually, uh, revolutions uh, do appear and fire up when, when people are very uh, unhappy, and especially when middle class loses this kind of trust. Uh, I mean, for the people that are poor and that are, are artists, I mean, artists always complain. That's kind of normal. But when, uh, when middle class people stop believing in the society they live in, and when they start to feel uh, that, they are, that they are in some kind of economical instability that's, they, and when they start thinking that they have nothing to lose is the moment when everything can happen. Uh, it's just that um, there is no written uh, roadmap uh, how, where to go after this point. Definitely. Vladimir, what do you think? Of course, each of us will have uh, some goals and uh, aims on personal level or on the level of our organizations. And I'm trying to imagine what could we 
deal with in the future with the help of the coalition, which is just starting. So you caught us just in the moment when we discuss about forming. So to be clear that there is no coalition yet, it still has to appear to be. So to produce any systemic change, we need a kind of structure, functional structure. That's first aim, first objective, first of all. But then uh, the question is what to engage, but probably those issues which got uh, somehow forgotten during the 90s, during this uh, economic political transition, which we all witnessed still happening until today, during which uh, the field of culture remained somehow on the edge or on the margin. It was never paid attention to, and it uh, kind of by inertia tried to develop itself somehow, but basically it didn't develop that much. And we lost a lot of time until now during these changes. And the field of culture itself still needs to be rethought. And there are many questions like uh, how do we support new independent cultural initiatives? How do we create space for them? How do we maybe layer one important is like this social security for, for independent artists, for example, which doesn't exist. And this kind of questions basically that got completely forgotten or lost in, in the process. And no one really asked today about them, not even the Minister of Culture. So we tried through the platform, we will try to address some of these issues and try to make them at least visible and put them on the agenda. And then we see if they are, the decision makers will adopt them, then maybe this will be a step towards this kind of systemic bigger change. Uh, and more uh, equilibrated, let's say, uh, society in terms of uh, having more, like also cultural workers included, not just always excluded from different uh, support schemes which exist in the state. Definitely, that uh, sounds like a, a plan for <laughs> forward, at least. Gentlemen, thank you so much for spending uh, half an hour and talking to me. <laughs> I know things are, it's, it's hard to, to answer some questions now because things are very unclear, but at least we try and hopefully we'll inspire people to, to ask more questions and to think together about the answers. So in the name of uh, everyone from Fund Action, thank you. Good luck with your projects and let's hope we see, we see them grow as much as you want them to. Thank you. I hope this uh, format will uh, catch up and, uh, because it is one way to, to stay in touch with the network. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Have an awesome day.